Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife, Jessica Carter Ogle. Hi, y'all. Yeah. Yep. Slow clap. Yeah. No. I hear a slow clap in the distance. That's <laughs> beautiful. How you doing, babe? Good. How are you, babe? <laughs> <laughs> We're back again. Yeah, we are. We're back are. at it again, recording another podcast yep. on Sunday this week. Yeah. Not on Monday. Back to normal. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Kicking it live in our studio for everyone to hear two days later. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was one heck of an intro. <laughs> you fired yourself from outros. I may have to fire you from intros as well. That's insane. Come on. You can't uh, You can't fire me from intros. I do have a little bit of a headache today, so I feel like I am not quite up to myself, though I think it's a wine headache, so wow. I think it was self-induced. It would have been nice if you'd have told me that before we started. Also, can we fire Can we fire Soph? Can we fire her? Because she, she is feisty today, she boy. She is feisty. You're going to hear her today on the podcast, folks. She is yeah. uh, making some noise, throwing some stuff around. She is uh, having a blast down here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, been an interesting week and weekend. We've had a few things go on. Yeah. We had the, uh, uh, well, you met up with a friend you haven't I seen did. in a while. I met up with a friend who I worked with in my first job out of high school and into college at a dental office. And her and I were close when I worked there. We've caught up a few times here and there, but I haven't actually seen her in over 10 years. Wow. And we had lunch on Friday, and it was like no time had passed. It was just, it is just so nice to see people still be themselves. Yep. Like, she is still her. She's always been a very genuine, like, kind person. And she's still her, 100% her. And, like, we just were talking and catching up on my life and her life and talking about everything. And it was wonderful. It was, it was the best. We had such a good time. That uh, sounds like when I meet up with Tay or Chris. Yeah. Like it, it, no time has passed. Those two, I, I I meet up with them and it's literally like we've never we haven't gone you know six months a year or whatever from seeing each other. I remember the first time I hung out with Tay after not seeing him for several years. Yeah. And it was like we were back in high school again. Like the two of us just chatting I mean, it up. Having that a was time. this. I mean, it was over a decade. And yeah. it's like, wow, I mean, my life has certainly changed a lot in that time. And so was hers. You know, she has two kids, one of whom I've never even met. The other one, I think he was like one and a half or two when I met him. So, yeah. 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 But that was fun. So Friday was a good friend catch up day because we then went. Plymouth has their fall festival this weekend. Yeah. And so we went to that, walked around. There was nothing for us there. I feel like. No. Unless you're like. The craft stuff was the same craft stuff they had basically at the art fair that I didn't want. And then it's just like Carnival Ride for youths. And we all know I'm not a youth person. So Carnival Rides are not for And I was like, I'm gonna get us. like a corn dog and like an elephant ear and I once I got there I was like, I never want anything. No, because I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, I, I've got I've got food at home that's not good for me that well, I've already paid for, so I'll eat that. I also thought, you know, like I've really been doing really good, like um, working out, and I ran every day this week, and I did weights a few times this week, and I'm just feeling good. And I knew that I was going to be by myself on Saturday and have like a me day that was probably going to involve a bottle of wine and something, multiple pumpkin spice <laughs> Oreos. So I was like, like you said. Like, do I want to eat that crap just because it's there? Or do I want to eat the stuff that I buy actually at my house for those times yeah. that I actually want? Now, we did go to Sean O'Callaghan's and get pretzels oh, and yeah. beer. Soft pretzels. <laughs> Soft pretzels and beer, yeah. And then we went to Stella's and got beer and loaded tots. Yeah. But so we still ended up eating food. We had tots left on the plate, though. I was part yeah. of Oh, us. no, I could not finish. There was too much yeah, grease on the, there was on the too tots. Much, yeah. And we got to see Julie, which we hadn't yep, seen her in a while. Yeah, we got to see our friend Julie. Yeah, so it was a, Friday was like a fun day. I feel like the last couple of Fridays we've had have been sort of just kind of random frolicking around, what yep. did I say, around Plymouth. Uh, oh, my I gosh. Said a, I used a word that... 
not cavorting. No. Something around Plymouth. And Stephen's like, I do not do that. Like whatever term I use. I, I can't, can't remember. Dang it. But anyway, we were just kind of like gallivanting around town. And then that was two Fridays in a row, which was really nice. Yeah. I liked it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like when they do stuff and they got all the people walking downtown and they close off the roads. I like when they do that kind of stuff. But there was nothing for me this year. I like, like when they do that literally stuff. Literally nothing. That we live in the township. Yeah. And I can always sneak into like a parking spot in like my old neighborhood that I used to live in down there. I've been lucky the last couple of times that I've we got there at a good time to park. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good people watching. That's about the only What isn't? That 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 was like the only thing. Speaking of people watching, um Ricky and I went to the Michigan game. Yes. Yesterday. Yep. They hosted UNLV. And we got there early so that we could see the warm-ups and stuff, which was really cool. Watch this guy um, uh, punting the ball, and he, I mean, beamed somebody right in the head. Yeah. He punted it like 50 yards, and there were people standing all over the field, and this dude got hit, clocked right in the head, man. I mean, it was hilarious. My brother asked me if you were tailgating, and I was like, no. I'm like, they got there early, but... They're not, we're not, we're not tailgaters. We're not, yeah. You and Ricky are not tailgaters. And like my 41 year old body is not a tailgating body anymore. I know people that still do it and can do it. Tony. Yeah. Tony was there tailgating. But I, no, thank you. Yeah. Tony was there tailgating. I texted him and I was like, hey, I was like, you at the game? Because I sent him a picture and he's like, wow, you got in there early. I was like, yeah, I wanted to see warm ups and stuff. Where are you at? He's like, I'm still tailgating. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> that's different. You know. He was in like section 38, which is the alumni section. Oh, okay. And then we were over in section 13, row 11, folks. Yeah. The view and the pictures, we'll post some awesome. of them. Awesome. Um, you had something on the story too, yeah. I believe, or was that yours or uh, ours? It was or... Ricky's. Ricky oh. threw it up on the story and tagged us, had... so I tagged okay. it back. So I threw it yeah. back up. But good. I've never been to a U of M game. Which like I worked, crazy I worked me. on campus. Um, I went to U of M Dearborn, and you know, I mean, they all still ask money for me, so basically, I'm alumni of everything. But and I worked on campus, and I'm like, man, I've never been to a Michigan game. Now, anyone that knows me knows that I'm not like a football person. Like, actually, I don't like football because I think it's the most boring sport to watch. <laughs> but nonetheless, I do want to go to a Michigan game just to go to a Michigan game. Michigan. Stephen was upset that I didn't watch the game yesterday in case he was on TV. Uh, I would not have made it on TV. Eleven rows back, believe it or not, is too far back. The cameraman in the end zone is only showing like the first like two rows or anybody that can get over the 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 gate. Like they're not over the the uh, whatever you call it, the fence, mm. what the bar- barricade or whatever. If you can lean over the railing or whatever. Um, but we were 11 rows back. The camera's not going to see us. Well, good, because I didn't watch it anyway. I binge-watched Manifest. Y'all, I'm in season three. I can't wait to finish that and give you a big rundown. Soph and I took a couple walks. I drank a bunch of wine, yep. had some snacks. It was a great day for me. Opened the windows. So in our um, <clears throat> in our in our effort to continue our college football sports, I'll give a quick rundown. Michigan won 35-7. Uh, that, game was, that game was good. Um, they had their starters in for, you know, first half. They took them out sometime in the third quarter. J.J. came out and the rest, and they started playing second and third stringers a lot. But they won 35-7. to UNLV's not ranked. Michigan is now ranked number two. Uh, Tennessee, they won 30-13. to They beat Austin P. Mm. And uh, LSU beat Grambling 72-10. to yeah. All of these teams are playing what what I call cake games right now. They're playing teams that aren't Division One schools that are coming in to play them and you know get a payday for their college. Yeah, and I I can't I can't stand it. I, I I'm not a fan at all. Um, and then Michigan State, where'd Michigan State go? I'll find Michigan State. They won as well. They dominated their team. I'm fairly certain that they. Uh, because I was seeing updates at the game, but I don't remember seeing a final score. Let me find that final score for Michigan State. Michigan State, 45-14, to 14, they mm-hmm. beat Richmond. So, you know, it, most of the games are just cake games right now. But there was a couple of up, upsets, I will say. Um, there's a couple of teams that are in the top 25 that got beat yesterday that should have won. Um, one of those being Texas A&M, ranked 23. They lost to Miami. University of Miami, forty-eight to thirty-three. They got mm. hammered. Like 
Wow. Um, the other team, Alabama lost to Texas. Alabama was ranked number three, and they lost to Texas 34-24. to wow. So, sorry for all you Alabama fans, but fantastic. I love to see Alabama lose, so that's great. Um, and then Wisconsin, who's ranked 19, they're in the Big Ten. They lost 31-22, to which was another big surprise. So, a couple of upsets, but, you know, it's still early in the season for college. The first couple of weeks are cake games before they get into division games. And when they get into division games, man, it'll be – It'll be go time. So hopefully Michigan will do well. They still have – Jim Harbaugh is still on a self-imposed by the school three-game suspension, so he will not be back until they start uh, playing Rutgers on week four when they host Rutgers. So next week they have Bowling Green. I'm sure they will demolish Bowling Green. No offense to Bowling Green fans, but they're not going to beat Michigan. So very unlikely. I have zero to contribute to that. Go blue. Yeah, go blue. (laughs) That's go blue, I, go tigers. Yeah, that's all I've got. And uh, yeah, oh, and uh, on a side note about the Lions, for oh, you yeah. Detroit Lions fans, yeah. they beat Kansas City twenty-one to twenty on Thursday. I did not see the game, but I saw highlights, and then I saw what happened at the end of the game. The commentator, play-by-play guy, Mike Tirico. I've, I, I always thought that Mike Tirico was a pretty respectable guy, pretty nice guy. He seemed like a, a, a nice professional. He always calls the games really well. The Lions ended the, the, the game ended. Mm-hmm. Time regulation is out. Game is over. And the first thing out of Mike Tirico's mouth was is like, well, there's an asterisk next to this win because so and so and so and so wasn't playing for the Chiefs. And I thought to myself, because it's the Lions, man. If it had been any other team in the NFL, he would have been like, man, they came into Kansas City and yeah, yeah. I lost all respect for Mike Draco. The Lions always, they always, all. everyone always pisses on Detroit. I lost all respect for Mike Draco. Complete lock, lack of respect. I, it, I, I have Winning's none winning. Him. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Thank you. Winning's winning. Winning is winning. And, and it is a shame. It's a shame that that was a comment that was said at the end yeah. of the game. I, in, my, in my opinion, I think that was lowbrow. Because I got one question for... Isn't there always somebody who's out of some... Like, isn't there always something that you can say in that kind of thing? I have one question for Mike Tirico. Was Patrick Mahomes playing the entire game for the Chiefs? The answer is yes. So there is no asterisk on that win. Hmm. The best quarterback in the league right now was playing, and he took an L. So Mike Tirico, you can take a hike, pal. That's awful. Because the Lions won. They yeah. put, they I mean, put, at the end of the day, who cares? I mean. They beat the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah. So, good job on the Lions. We'll see what happens for the Lions this year. I might bust out my Lions hoodie. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope for the Lions this year, but, uh, yeah, I, but yeah. I, I, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I am keeping my expectations extremely low so that when they win, I'm surprised. And when they lose, I'm just not phased. Yeah. Because I'm a jaded Lions fan. That's what it is. Yeah, I wonder if we'll watch a game in this house. I don't know. It depends. I don't really. I, I don't particularly enjoy watching the NFL. I like watching college. College is so much more fun. The atmosphere is what so I, much more fun. Yeah, college. Like, I will say, college, it, like in the stands, the fans, it has an energy level that is not the professional. What would you say? NFL professional. Yeah, league. I don't know why I was. Why I don't know what's happening right now, but yeah, the college versus that, like college is just different the energy is different the fans are different like it's there's more there's more like on the line for the fans like more pride for the fans dressing up for their school you know it's not just like your sports team for your city but it's like your school too it's another level yeah and yesterday they uh they uh celebrated the military yeah there was a flyover and they had a hero hero of the game uh a man that was in World War II and Korea. Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, Michigan, 991 wins as a school. They have the most wins in college football. And this year they will most likely hit and pass 1,000 wins. Wow. And that is unheard of. Like the school that's closest is very still very far away. So I think, wow. that's, I think that's really cool. 
we're also starting to get that fall weather. Like I walked outside last night with Soph and before you got home and I was like, man, I, I'm glad you went to the game. Of course, I don't care that you went to the game. Oh, and the weather, like, the weather was great. But I'm like, if he was home, this would have been a start a fire in the afternoon kind of day. This would have been, we've been out here all day doing a fire. Like we didn't talk about it, but the weekend before we did a fire on Friday night, Stephen had to get up on the roof. Um, we've had a lot of storm and rain stuff. So excuse yeah. me, Stephen had to get up on the roof of our Florida room, which is like a three season room here in Michigan. And our roof is pretty flat up there. And he was up on the roof and he was sweeping stuff off and yeah. all the stuff that he kind of pushed off. Soph was not having it, but that's a whole nother thing. We did a fire and we haven't done a fire like all summer. I think we did like one fire in the beginning and it was just either so hot or there was an air advisory from the Canada fires or it was raining. So we did one last week and then that was great. And I was like, man, we would be doing a fire tonight. I know we would, but obviously we weren't. And then the next two weekends we will be out of town. We'll talk about that a little bit more in our next podcast. But yeah, so by the time we can have another fire, it will be like October. It'll be the end of September. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. That's some of my favorite times of fall is having our fires on the patio. Yeah. Just us hanging out. Having I know. A beer and, and we just haven't had that. And it's sort of a bummer, but. Yep. I'm going to make you get bundled up out there as it gets cooler and make a fire for me. Yep, we'll do He's it. He's always like, oh, we don't have to put that. Maybe we'll do one in, like, November. And I'm thinking that would be awesome, but I know when I'm married to. And, like, ain't going to happen. <laughs> you need to get that thing, balaclava or whatever, for yeah. your head. Balaclava. Yeah. Yeah. You need to buy that. Um. Anyway, so time for my new section. da 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 in the news with <laughs> Jessica Carter Ogle. So I'm not like a news person, obviously, because nothing is like nothing is just down the aisle. It's all it all leans one way or the other, no matter what, like you're listening to or you're hearing. And obviously, I think everyone knows which way I lean. But nonetheless, I don't I just want like facts. And I stumbled across this um, newsletter called The Morning Brew. And I get it every morning and it's just like snippets of stuff that's happening. Like I feel like I'm so much more educated in things that are happening. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I'm not a Twitterer. I don't do that. Or X. Gosh, don't even get me started. So I don't really like that. Although I did go on the Twitter this week, Unrelated. You uh, just called Twitterer X and now the Twitter. So which one is it? All of them. And so <laughs> I went on there this week because... You guys have heard me talk about Zach Bryan before. He has a new album that I'll be talking about in another episode, but it's great. And he's doing a tour. Now he toured his last tour. Tickets were through AXS and it was this whole weird thing where you had to sign up to even be eligible to buy tickets. And I signed up, but I wasn't even, I never even got eligible to buy tickets. So I couldn't get them. He's got this bigger tour that he's doing now this year. And he's going through Ticketmaster, which is ironic because he does have an album that says all my friends hate Ticketmaster. Yeah. But because he's doing these bigger tours with these bigger venues and they work with Ticketmaster, like he's doing Ticketmaster. He said there was a lot of issues with buying his tickets through AXS. So now he's trying Ticketmaster. So I got a pre-sale link to <laughs> get tickets on Tuesday. And I logged in and I was waiting and I was in the virtual waiting room that had 30,000 people in front of me, apparently. by the I waited in the virtual waiting room for almost two hours. Then I got to get tickets and all that was left were tickets that were about 800 to to $1,000. That was insane. it. That was all that was left. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was for a show in Pittsburgh because he's not even coming here. He had two shows in Chicago. He sold out so quick. They created a third show. I checked that. Those ticket prices were about $1,000 to $1,200. And I was like, this is absolutely insane. Like, how is that even possible? I'm pre-sale. I have a pre-sale code. I'm in the waiting room. And by the time I get in, they're $1,000 a ticket. That is crazy. That's so insane. And then his regular sale went on Friday, which wasn't even pre-sale. I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see. I waited in the virtual waiting room. I got in and then they were like, no tickets available. All sold out. And so I went on Twitter because I was like, what? 
like is anyone else and everyone was talking about it like how is this possible like how is it possible that I waited in this virtual waiting room for this long I get in there and my tickets are literally a thousand dollars mind you this is Zach Bryan like he's apparently way more popular than I thought but these are higher ticket prices than we saw for Taylor Swift Taylor Swift, Luke Combs. Luke Combs, who was selling out, and we didn't want to pay $150 for nosebleed. We didn't want to pay, so we didn't go to Luke Combs. But I was like, I I just added two tickets to my cart just to see. And I was like, okay, $1,600 for me and Steven to go to the show and not even have great seats. Like, And, this, I, and I that was to travel to another city. I guess I just don't understand why these artists don't come together and create some sort of ticket um, platform. Isn't that possible? I, I, they what? would have to, there'd have to be a new company that's created. That's what I'm saying. Why couldn't they get together? Because they all know this is happening. They all know it. So why don't they get together and say, screw you, Ticketmaster? We're going to do something else and we're going to create it. Because it's up to the venues. The venues choose you to go through Ticketmaster. You think the venue is going to be like, no, we're not going to let Taylor Swift come here because she didn't go through Ticketmaster? I mean, Taylor Swift is like... I, I'm saying if she was involved, if she did it... Like, she's the she's the top of the top. Like, there's no bigger, there's no bigger music star in the world besides Bad Bunny than Taylor Swift. If she did it, it would work. Uh, yeah, it would work. But, you know, like... I'm just, I'm sorry, like, it's ridiculous to me that I can't go to a concert. There's a concert I want to see of Noah Gunderson that's coming, he's coming in October, and he's going to be at the Magic Bag, which is a super small venue, but yeah. tickets are 20 bucks. Yeah. In in my opinion, I have never seen anyone on social media talk about Zach Bryan at all. No, that's what I'm saying. Who are all these people that are buying all these tickets? I've seen people talk about Noah Gunderson. I didn't know that he, I legitimately, when I listened to his, for his, it's not even his first album, but his first album, American Heartbreak, that I, it has, there's something in the orange, which is the only song I've heard anywhere else other than the album. And I'm like, wow, I just discovered this guy. Like, who is he? And then he did that tour. And I was like, this is weird that I can't even get tickets to this. And then he released another self-titled album just a week or two ago. And now this, and I literally can't get tickets. I'm like, I don't understand who bought all these tickets and when. A lot of scalpers probably. It's just tickets. insane, and that's the thing with Ticketmaster. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. And you look at somebody like Kit Moore. When we buy Kit Moore tickets, he sells them. Yeah, we buy them. We have to click the link from his website to buy the tickets. Yeah, there and are they, other. I mean, even when you go to like you were talking about Magic Bag, there's Ticket Web. Ticket Web. Yeah, you does tickets for smaller venues yep ticket web and uh, their and their fees are like five bucks a ticket axs is what ends up being kept more stuff isn't it axs is what zach bryan did originally and then he said there were a lot of complaints and a lot of issues so he's doing Ticketmaster. and i'm thinking well i'd love to hear what you say about this now yeah so that's this is not even part of my in the news. This wasn't even what I was going to talk about, but it just happened. Yeah. But I'm going to post a picture of what I received, what option I got after two hours in a virtual waiting room for pre-sale tickets. Yeah. Mind blown. So uh, what's in your news? Okay. So in the news is just a couple things here. Um, one, I was reading, obviously we all know about all the storms, all the climate change. I mean, if you don't believe in climate change, I don't know if this is the podcast for you, but like <laughs> all of the climate change happening and all of the storms in Florida, like Adalia that was just, you know, go going through Florida. Like luckily all of our family in Florida was safe. So we're very thankful for that. They're more inland. So, yeah. but Florida is talking about really getting real on property insurance. There's certain companies now that won't bundle everything yep. because it's too expensive. Like I'm never for big business. I'm never for big companies, but I can see their point that the more and more things happen, the more and more these storms come through and destroy things, they're not going to be able to reimburse people. They're not going to have like the money to reimburse people for this, for this. So there's a lot of places 
in Florida where companies are rethinking providing any kind of insurance. So if you live in certain spots in Florida, it might be you may not have homeowners insurance. Hey, maybe that'll get some people to actually move out of Florida and oh. get out of that crazy cesspool. A cesspool of America. Oh, anyways, that's but, my own commentary. But weather, climate, things like that, when they happen, I mean, there's things we can be doing now to prevent things from happening. But once a storm is coming, once these things happen, there's nothing we can do. We just have to hope for the best. It's coming. And maybe it'll turn and go away from us. Maybe it won't. Like like when we were at your mom's and that tornado literally went over us and hit like neighboring. I mean, it was. It was within two miles. It was. Yeah, I was going to say it was almost like half a mile down the road that farms and stuff were destroyed. Yep. And it literally went over us. So you just never know. But I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting conversation that due to this climate change, which is out of a lot of control in a lot of contexts, you may be living in an area. Like I couldn't imagine not having homeowners insurance. I wouldn't be living somewhere that didn't offer it. It's just something as simple as Heinz Drive that we've talked about by us used to have homes on it. Heinz Drive is a, basically a flood basin. Like it sprinkles and it floods. People had to stop living there because of that. Yeah. Are there going to be certain parts of Florida where within the next 10, 20 years are really not habitable anymore because of all the storms coming through, because people are not going to be offered property insurance. Because if you live there and you get hit by a hurricane and you have no property insurance, you're done. Yeah. You how, how do you rebuild? Yeah. And would you rebuild there? So it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. And it also brings to the point that, you know, home is home for people. Yeah. That's where the, some of some of those Flor- yeah. Floridians grew up there. Yeah, they were born there, raised there. That's their home. They don't they don't think of going anywhere yeah. else, and they're used to storms and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, if they don't have homeowners insurance, yeah. what happens when they lose their home? Yeah, that's. It, I mean, that's a. But also, just home period is your home. Like here is my home. Here is like my safe spot. I couldn't imagine that something happened and I couldn't, you know, rebuild it. Yeah. I mean, that's even like what my aunt was talking about. She's like, I couldn't imagine if a storm had hit us and we were just displaced and we couldn't go home. Like, and so on top of that, you also basically financially defunct. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. I, and if you're still paying on a house and it's gone. Yeah. You still, I mean, you still have to. Yeah. The, I mean, <laughs> your only options there are to file bankruptcy or yeah. something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because the the bank isn't going to go, well, we'll forgive your loan because your health blew away. Yeah. They're going to be like, no, you're late two months on your payments. Yeah. So I don't know. Which is interesting because (laughs) they can't repo a home. Sorry for laughing, but they can't repo a home that's not there. No. And are they going to want to rebuild there on that land? Like, are they... They'd repo your property, though. Yeah, right. But that's my point. But then who wants that property? Yeah, I don't know. If... If it's such a situation where it's so bad there, weather what like, it's interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. What else you got? Um, talking about returning to the office. Oh. So I saw um, some studies like from um Bamboo HR, which is like a HR company that does like studies and things like that, and they were saying that like people are the unhappiest at work since the pandemic right now, which I think is ironic since we just celebrated Labor Day. Um, But just (laughs) how unhappy people are at work, how the returning to office is starting to amp up again as though people don't even remember that the pandemic happened and how successful it was being remote. I just found like an interesting stat from Grindr. Everyone knows Grindr, the dating app. And they had 178 employees like overall. Okay. And they were told they had to return to work two days a week. This is just two days a week. Not they had to return to work five days a week, two days a week after being completely remote. 45% of their workforce resigned. 45? 45%. So almost half of their employees resigned because they didn't want to go back even two days a week. Wow. That's crazy to me. Wow. I think going back five days a week is completely insane and unnecessary especially like something like grinder is an app so yeah. it's all online there's not there's nothing you're going to be doing i don't i don't know what their it infrastructure is but i would think it's probably mostly cloud based yeah and i would say I, I i would say that their sales jobs their marketing jobs their it jobs could all be 
work remote. And if yeah. that's all work remote, then so could your HR and executive jobs. They did like a lot of polling as well um, on staffs. And they said that everyone that reported back, everyone in the polling, 66% of people said they would quit if their job goes back to five days a week. I mean, I'm hoping my next job is fully remote. So obviously, if I was told I had to go back to five days a week, that would be a problem. I I can tell you now where I work that if they do that, there's going to be another exodus. Yeah, and there should be. People are going to go. Yeah. People are going to go. So I know that. I know that from speaking to people, that if we have to go back to office 100%, because right now we're 50% of the time. Yeah. If we go back 100%, People are going to be brushing off their resumes. They're ready. To, they're re- they're ready now. Some of yeah. them, because there's been rumblings. Some yeah. of them are ready to yeah, brush sure. off the resume and start start looking for another job. And and the thing is, is that you know, the company I work for, they have a lot of distrust with with people. They don't trust that people are doing their job. From and home. I don't think so. That's, they understand that's part that of the problem. Part, part of the problem that the employees then feel that way about them too. Well, it's like if you if you give if you make your employees feel that way with that distrust, then your employees don't trust you either. The, and and I, I think that's something that's lost. It it's interesting because so I've talked about this. I don't I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. Maybe I haven't. But you and I have talked about this before. I, I work for a German based company. Yeah. So all the other countries, when there's a bank holiday, they get the day off. They have like a hundred of them. It's insane how many bank holidays they get in other countries. And they get the day off. It could be a Wednesday. It could be a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. doesn't matter. Bank holiday, they get it off and they're gone. And we get seven holidays. Yeah. That's it. We get New Year's. We get... And good, that's not bank holiday. That's like... Good Friday is a floater holiday that we get. Then we get 4th of July. We get Labor Day, Memorial Day. Thanksgiving and Christmas and we get Black Friday as well so Black Friday and Thanksgiving are put together and then we get Christmas between Christmas and New Year's we get that week off but that's only the Farmington Hills location I don't know about the rest of the locations but the plants don't get a full week off they don't shut down they keep going everybody gets their Christmas day off out of their shift Um, it's funny that you guys get a floater day but it's not really a floater it usually a floater means you can choose no. What day to take. Yeah, I mean, they list it as a floater day, yeah. but, like, we don't get to choose. Um, and this year we got Monday, July 3rd off before July 4th on Tuesday. They yeah, that was g- They nice. gave us that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's weird how all that works. But in other, in other countries, they, uh, it, for example, in Poland, for our, for our company, our service center, they don't have the space for everybody to be in office, mm. so they have to schedule when people are coming in because they can only take about 40% of the office. They can only take about 40% of the staff in office so every day. So then you can't go back five days a week. So that they'll never be five days a week because they don't Where have the that space. Again? That's in Poland. Mm. They don't have the space. Um, in Germany, but how would you guys do it if you have to reserve a desk every day you come in? If they made us go back 100%, we wouldn't be reserving a desk. We'd get desks again. Yeah. That's how that oh, would Well, I be. hope that never happens. I, I hope so as well, because that's going to really, really suck. It's going to suck on several levels, because some of the people I work with that I enjoy working with are going to bail. They're yeah. going to go. And then that's going to make that's gonna make where I work suck even more, because right now, when someone leaves uh, the United States, they get filled in another country, because we're a high high cost country. So yeah. any of the people that leave will get replaced in another country. So we'll be even less people in our office and that will suck. Yeah. But what else you got in the news? I've got one other thing. I've, I came up across this article um, in the New Yorker that was referenced from my morning brew newsletter. And it was written by a convicted oh. murderer inmate. <laughs> and yeah. it is the title is listening to Taylor Swift in prison her music makes me feel that I'm still part of the world I left behind. This was such an interesting article, and I'll try to share it if I can. Like I said, it's in the New Yorker, and it's about this guy. Yeah, he was convicted of murder, and he talks about his prison life. He's in prison for 20 years, and he talks about going from like the county jail to the prison and how Taylor Swift's music like guided him 
yeah. guided him sort of along the way and helped him like the anti-hero, like, you know, I'm the problem, it's me kind of lyric and just talking about the prison system and moving around to different um, prisons and how that works and how your stuff can get lost along the way or how he accumulated like a boombox to listen to her and then he got moved to another prison and he didn't have that for like months while it was like lost in transit and then he got it back but just talking about her lyrics and how her lyrics and it's just the juxtaposition of this guy um it's written by uh joe garcia and he's you know he's a convicted murderer so whatever you know pre-existing notions you have about that or whatnot and then taylor swift and her music and whatever you think of her and how that meets yeah in prison and it's just so interesting to me and he talks about another guy too that he meets along the way that also is a huge taylor swift fan in prison and it's like so interesting yeah like the stuff you learn about the prison system which is not what the article is necessarily about but like is very interesting and just how this one artist and he talks about all her albums and oddly enough though he talks about albums and then he talks about midnights but he never talks about folklore and evermore which i think is interesting yeah he never mentions those but it's just it was a cool article it was just something different and seeing how just different people connect to things and what sort of triggers something for somebody like it would it is not it is not an article I ever thought I would stumble upon or read or would even exist I I want to know how he got it in the New Yorker that's yeah. what I want to know I want to know how this guy in prison it was like I don't know got an article in the New Yorker. It's the weekend essay section, so I don't know if they Maybe he get submissions it. for it. Yeah. Maybe. The other the thing I found more interesting than anything than his love of Taylor Swift was as you said how things move through the his yeah. talk about how things move through the prison, how he could acquire things, how it took, you know, a while to be at a certain place before you could get a boombox or any of that kind of stuff. Like it, that kind of thing yeah. was interesting to me. How he could he he knew somebody um, that on his birthday gave him a Taylor Swift album yeah, that think, was new. I think he slipped him the Midnight CD. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just that kind of stuff was what was fascinating yeah. to me. How stuff moves yeah. through stuff. Uh, it was yeah. also interesting to read an article in that setting that wasn't talking negatively about prison or violence or the awfulness that exists there in prisons, which does, but just hearing a different take, just the take of Taylor Swift's music set against that backdrop. It was just so fascinating to me. Like I sent it to Steven immediately and I was like, you have to read this article. Yeah. It, it's a long article. It took me a while to read it, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good read. Yeah. So that is in the news with Jessica Carter Ogle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. So, uh, with you ending with music, I believe. Segway City, buddy. Good job. I didn't we, even think about that. We can rock right into the album. Rock right into it. Another one. Huh. <laughs> there are a lot of albums this week that are first albums. And I would also like to say I was scolded many times this week because I didn't listen to enough stuff on the list. There's a lot of stuff on the list this week. So there's a lot of first albums, and I'm going to hit those right off the bat. Let's hit, hit our first albums. Justin Timberlake, Future Sex Love Sounds, Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die, Counting Crows, August and Everything After, Story of the Year, Page Avenue, Darius Rucker, Learn to Live, San Holo, if you like some dubstep, uh, Cosmos. These so, were all their first all, for, all first. So, okay, Darius Rucker, though. First country album? Yes. Okay. Learn to Live was his first country okay, album. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, it didn't... Obviously, it wasn't his first, uh, no, of course, but I just... No, because, you know, obviously he did the Hootie and, and the Blowfish. And then so Justin's first solo. Yep, his first solo, which, man, when... when Wait, isn't that Justified? Oh, you're right. Justified is his, uh, was his yeah. first one. Yeah, so this is his second album. That's yeah. uh, that's a good catch there. Yeah. yeah, my bad on that one. Future Sex Love Sounds is his second album. That is correct. Yes. Um, yeah, I... The, man, 
he did something on this album that I thought was really cool that he did a little bit too much of on his next albums, which was ending a song, but Timbaland having a, a a new beat or something new that was at the end of the song that moved into the next song, like mm-hmm. an interlude type of thing. Okay. That was really cool with this album. I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I don't think I listened to any of his stuff after this one. You didn't listen to the song that the album that had mirrors and suit and tie with Jay Z. This no future sex love sounds is I'm bringing sexy back. Oh my gosh! I thought that was this. No, I'm so confused. Th- see, this is why I tell you to listen to these things before we get uh, okay. Before we then get yes, into it, because I've, I listened to we're those talking fu- we're talking sexy back. We're st- talking sexy ladies. We're talking my love. Uh, what goes oh. around? Oh yes, yes, yes! I'm well versed in this one. Scarlett Johansson music video. He kills her. Pose. Um, and then after that was mirror. Okay, so I didn't listen to anything after that. He's got something about being in the wilderness. I didn't catch that album. Yeah, that was when he was allowed to come back and do the halftime show. You know, Janet Jackson is blackballed, but yeah, shirt ripper can come back that's our society that's our patriarchal society I, I i i'm on the conspiracy theory that they were in it together i'm sure they were so so then it should neither or all yeah i guess nonetheless moving on the I, difference is that janet jackson isn't doesn't make stuff anymore not the point not hey, the point. Hey, I love me some Janet Jackson. Oh, back I in the know day. you do. You I had a do. major crush on yes. Janet Jackson back in the day, man. He can't, he she was can't hot even, stuff. He can't even handle it sometimes. He's blushing I was right like, now. Pipe, pipe down, woman. He's, pipe down. He can't Oof. handle it. Man, she was great. Her in Vogue. Oh, oh. my gosh, man. That was those. Man, those I love your groups that you had crushes man, on. Man, those ladies were great. A little salt and pepper. Oh my god. I loved all those groups, man. They were great. Uh, so other album anniversaries. So we have. An artist, two albums this week. One was his fourth album, Mama Said Knock You Out, LL Cool J, from 1990. Ten years later, he released his eighth album, G-O-A-T, Greatest of All Time. Did you know that he coined the phrase Greatest of All Time? I did not. Nor did I know that he even had eight albums. Oh, uh, yeah. I, after- I, I guess I never really knew that he was like a real singer. <laughs> Come on, I man. I never quite knew what he did. Oh, my gosh. He's been, he's been fantastic since the beginning. I didn't know that. He grew as, up. As a lady who didn't necessarily love Cool James, I just wasn't the, sure. You always say that, and it's ridiculous. He, there's a... I saw a thing where Run from Run DMC was talking about LL Cool J, and he was talking about how that they were doing a show in Brooklyn, and there was this kid in a bucket hat that was staring at him, hardcore, and he's like, he staring was at LL Cool J, no, staring at them on stage. Oh, okay. And he's like, he was watching everything we were doing. He was taking notes. Oh my God, he was LL Cool J. He was taking notes, watching Run DMC. To know what to do on stage. And that kid is LL Cool J. And that kid is LL Cool J. That's cool. And he's like, that's, he, like, I didn't know who this kid was. I just know he was, he wasn't mean mugging us, but he was studying. He was intent, yeah. Like, intense studying. Like, like one of the, like, he was moving his head stuff, but he was studying. I guess I thought he was an actor. I didn't really know. Oh, man. But I will say, so he was on. You didn't know Mama Said Knock You Out? No, I know that one. Come on. I know that one. He was on NCIS Los Angeles, and that show ended this year. And there's three, well, overall, there were four NCIS shows. Two of them have ended. Two are still on. So NCIS Hawaii is still on, and I watched that to get my Hawaii fix. And he was in the last episode as, like, a guest star for just, like, a couple minutes. And it was the first time that I looked at LL Cool J, and I was like, wow, you're aging. Like, he (laughs) looked great, a little gray, and whatever hair he had. And I was like, wow, like, how old is he, I wonder? I don't know. He's he's a good uh, six or eight years older than me. He's close to 50 if he's not 50 already. He was born in 68. 68? Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa. So he's like 55. I was way off. Yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> wow, I was way off. Yeah. I would have thought he was like 50. No. It, Man. Well, 55. 
Uh, like, uh, yeah, but I was way, I said. Like fifth. a young, low 50, yeah. Yeah, like. No, he, yeah, he's born in 68. So that was the first time I was like, wow. Wow. Older. Wow, I was way off there. What um, else you got? But that was, the, the, the greatest of all time album is his only number one album. I didn't know about the goat thing. That but he, yeah, he coined he the phrase goat. So anytime you hear anybody talking about goat for, you know, music, movies, I honestly acting, thought it was like a Tom like Brady thing. Any sports, anytime they talk about greatest of all time, LL Cool J coined that phrase, man. Cool. Which is cool. Uh, John Mayer's Continuum. Good album. 17 years. 17 years. I that believe that's been a out. white vinyl and you won't take the plastic off of I it. I will not. You're like I, an old Polish grandmother with plastic on her couch with that album. I will not leave that without the plastic I on it. I hate that he does that. I will not. Crazy. I will not do it. Uh, Sugar Colt, Lights Out, their third album. I didn't love it. Um, it felt too not Sugar culty to me. I, so I liked it. I liked it. There's another album on this list. Um, called Charlie Smith or something. Charlie Smith by. Um, I don't have anything. Lifehouse. I don't have anything What's called the Charlie Lifehouse Smith. Album called the Life Lighthouse. Lifehouse. You, you mean is, Lifehouse? What is the Lifehouse album called? Stanley Climbfall. Very close. So I listened to Lifehouse, um, which was good. I mean, it sounded just like Lifehouse. They've never been anything special to me. It's just been like, all right, that's fine for the background. So that was good. And then I listened to the Sugar Cult album and I was like, oh, this is a bummer because the Sugar Cult album sounds more like the Lifehouse album than it does the other Sugar Cult album that I just listened to. Oh, I don't know about and I, that. And I was like, oh, I'm just not getting the Sugar Cult vibe. Ricky and I saw uh, Lifehouse during their uh, tour for Stanley Climbfall. I love the song Stanley Climbfall. I think it's one of the coolest songs they ever wrote. The guitar lines. I mean, and everything I like for them. It. I guess they just never popped for me. But I such, like them. Such it's a good just... album. It starts good. Like it's probably like their first two albums are my favorite albums of theirs. I don't think that they had a complete, fully complete album after their second album. Those first two albums are just so good. Um, another another one on the list, Chris Thiele, How to Grow a Woman from the Ground. If you like some good bluegrass. If you like a good earthy sound. It's music. It's really the first album that the Punch Brothers colli- collaborated on outside of their fiddle player. I like everything that Chris Thiele, Punch Brothers, everything they do. So this is a good album. Yeah, he covered Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground, and I actually like it more than I like Jack White's version yeah. of it. It's such a great version. I like the album cover as well, the artwork. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 really cool. And and like I said, it was the beginning of, of the Punch Brothers. Yeah. The only reason why it wasn't Punch Brothers is because the guy who played fiddle in Punch Brothers wasn't available. He was like on another tour or something and could not record for this album. Mm-hmm. So, but he toured with them after they recorded. So, cool. and then the next thing they did was Punch Brothers. So, cool. so that's the beginning of that, which is really cool. Uh, I, I kind of glossed over a couple of these first albums. So let's, let's talk about it. Counting Crows. Yeah. Mr. Jones. Yeah. That song was everywhere. Yeah, and yet when I saw them in concert, they didn't sing it. That's why I brought it up. I, to this day, have not forgiven them. That's that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. And I sing it at the top of my lungs just to show them. They're stupid. Uh, the other one on that list, uh, no- Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die. Mm-hmm. It was all a dream. Oh, I know that one. Oh. Yeah. Word Up Magazine. Yep. Yeah. Used to read Word Up Magazine. Look at me. Salt and pepper and heavy D up whoa, in the limousine. Whoa. Yeah. Hanging pictures on my wall. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know anymore. I could keep going, but yeah, I won't. I, I'm done at Word I, Up Magazine. I, I love it. There's the the movie Notorious. They did, they recreated uh, the scene where he wrote that. I have not and seen that movie. you talk about like hair standing up on my arms right now. They I've recreated the scene of how he wrote that. that. Movie so or, cool. Like, Tupac movies or anything like that. I did see um, Straight Outta Compton though, which was it was good, but it's it's rough to watch in some spots, but it's good. The Notor- Notorious will get you, man. That's yeah. a, that that is a movie that will definitely get you. It's a good one. I didn't see the others, but I saw Notorious. I actually saw Notorious in the theater, mm. and uh, I I. I loved it. I, I thought I thought it was a great movie, cool. and and uh, your girl Angela Bassett plays his mom. Mm, yeah, well, she's amazing. So, uh, is that all of them? I uh, got two more on the list that are heavy for my uh, hardcore metal listeners. Fit for a King, Dark Skies. 
uh, I highly recommend When Everything Means Nothing. Such a great song. It's a part where at the end of the song, uh, Lead Screamer holds out a scream for 25 seconds or something crazy like that. And you're going to see them in a few weeks. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. Ricky and I bought tickets to see them again because they're so good live. The other one is my favorite metal band of all time. Uh, their sixth album, Conceived in Fire by Living Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. This album, I listened to it again this week. I just, I love it so much, man. They did, they did a cool thing with the album before it where they added a percussionist. And so they had drums and percussion. And on this album, they even, like, there's even more, you can hear even more percussion on it. It's such a good album. Cool. I love it. If you like, if you like metal, I highly recommend Living Sacrifice, man. They're so good. And Fit for King is good as well. So, yep, that's uh, that's our album anniversaries. Very cool. Nice. All right. So what other sort of entertainment? We went to the movies this week, did finally. You, uh, I was going to say, didn't you have a book you read? Oh, I did finish my book, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Very good book. I don't know... Any of you who have read or watched the Amazon show Daisy Jones and the Sixth, um, she is the author of Daisy Jones and the Sixth of the book. So she is a really good writer. I like the way she writes. It's not very linear. So she, you know, gives us the present, then gives us, you know, a little bit of stuff leading up to it, kind of back and forth. This was very character driven about four siblings. Um, and it was just written really well and you can get the vibe too. There's some music in it, like in Daisy Jones and the six. So it was a really good book. It is a standalone book. Um, there is a book that I'm getting from the library today that is a spinoff of it, but this is, you know, a standalone book, which I'm very aware of since the incident with my trilogy. (laughs) So Malibu rising is good. Good, sharp writing. Like I said, it's about siblings. It's about, you know, their life and, and the drama and, and the stuff that happened in, in their life and um, very family stuff. So it's good. I, I recommend it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. You mentioned we went to the theater. Yes. We are going to spoil the movie Blue Beetle. I mean, it's at been this out time. for... It's been out for a month. Yeah. So we are going to spoil this movie. This movie... I saw a lot of reviews that were back and forth uh, on it. I saw that on Rotten Tomatoes, both the critics and the audience score were up above 80%. Yeah. I So I enjoyed this movie. I thought they did a fantastic job. I felt like, I felt like they gave us a Latin family in a way in which we don't see in movies where we see their dynamics and the story is about them. I felt like... 10 minutes into the movie, if this wasn't even a superhero movie, I want to see this story. Agreed. I really liked I really liked that it was just not white people, like overall. Yeah. I just really enjoyed that. That's one of the things I loved about seeing Black Panther. Not so much the sequel, because we know I feel like they were barely not even in it. Um, that's what, at the end of the day, what I liked about Miss Marvel, seeing different cultures, seeing different families, seeing different people. I liked it. I actually did like Blue Beetle. I, you know, I was reading a lot of reviews and, you know, people were like, it's just sort of like, it could have been like a Disney Channel movie or it could have been just not, it was originally not supposed to go into theaters. I read that. See, I read that it was always planned to go to theaters. I don't know. I, who knows? But I do think, um... It kind of had a Shazam vibe to me. The first Shazam movie was really good, but it also was just sort of its own thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like Blue Beetle could be its own thing. Now, they set it up in such a way where, like, I want to know more and I have to know more. So I hope it's in something else or it gets a sequel or something where I know I get conclusion to what was left. Yeah. But I liked it. And I, I feel like it could or could not fit like James Gunn has talked about Blue Be- Beetle will probably be in stuff but yeah I got like a Shazam vibe where it it's just not as dark nowhere near as dark as most of DC's stuff though the pockets of things that there was a couple pockets of things that were like gut-wrenchingly like and how he said even if it wasn't a superhero movie if it had had a different plot about like corruption of something or other I would have been in because the family element, the development of the characters, the casting, the people over 
overpowered even the superhero part of it. Yeah. Uh, the character of uh, Jaime yeah. uh, Reyes comes back from college to his family and finds out his family is going to lose their house. Yeah. And big, big corporation. Yeah. Corpor- nonsense. And- yeah. Take, basically, they're going to lose their home and property and stuff because somebody's coming in and buying up all the property yeah. and stuff like that. And so he's like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to have to get a job and make a ton of money and, you know, save our yeah. save our house or whatever. And I thought to myself, I, I you know, I was like, I, I would watch this if that's what this is about, is him yeah. getting a job yeah. and no superpowers. Like, he's just a normal person that's out to, like, save his family stuff. I was like, I'm totally in because the family dynamic is so cool. And uh, I, I will I enjoyed say, it. Yeah. And I didn't really know any of the cast except his uncle is played by George Lopez, who I don't always love, but was fantastic in this. He was great. And the villain is Susan Sarandon, (laughs) who was fantastic. And I don't know if she's gotten any work done, but she looks amazing. Yes. She looks like she might have got maybe something, but also not enough to not look real. Like, anyway, she's gorgeous. She was gorgeous in this movie, and she was great as the villain, I thought. Yeah. And then the main star is uh, Zolo. I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm horrible with last names, but his first name, is, I believe, is Zolo. It's uh, X-O-L-O, so I think the X is a Z. I don't know how that works for Spanish folks, but he's from Cobra Kai, and I love him in Cobra Kai. I think he's a fantastic character. Character growth has been amazing throughout that show, and he's got a lot of range, and I, I feel like with this this movie, he he channeled his ability to have range. Yeah, and he was comedic. He he had some drama. Like he played, he played his part well. Like I I enjoyed him in this movie. I sure. also think it was one of visually one of the coolest transitions into the superhero. Oh, it was with, so realistic. With what happened? I mean, it's the blue beetle is like a artifact, like a like scar- scarab. Scar- yeah, and it attaches itself to you so his family is witnessing this thing attached to him and how it happens and all this stuff and freaking out and I just honestly felt like it was to say realistic is silly with this but a cool like realistic way of how that would have happened the realistic for me was the reactions yes the scarab is there his his uncle and his sister start throwing was great start start playing monkey in the middle with him and throwing it back and forth and not you know yeah. Not letting him have it, and then eventually he touches it, and then that thing turns on and it activates, a- yeah. activates and touch. But it's just one of those things: his little sister's being annoying and doesn't believe anything yeah. he's talking about, and just being annoying. And and then when things start to go crazy, she freaks out like yeah. it's a horror movie. And but it was I, good. I recommend it. I thought that was interesting because a lot of times with origins for superheroes, they're trying to hide their identity, yeah. which I like. When they're when they hide their identity and they keep it that way, but in this case, the whole yeah. family knows right off the bat. There's no secrets. Everybody's in the room. Everybody sees what happens. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting way to tell the story. Yeah, I liked that. So yeah, they they left it open. the The girl that plays Jenny, uh, the the girl that works for the company where the scarab came from. Yeah. Her aunt is Susan Sarandon. Uh, I I thought that actress did a very good job as well. Yeah. Um, but man, it was, it was a good movie. It was, it was good. a good movie for sure. I highly recommend. I will probably buy it because I, I liked it. I'll watch oh, it. Probably. I'll oh, watch yeah. it. He'll probably buy it. I'll watch it again. Well, we've got a couple other movies we can touch on quick that we've watched and haven't talked about. Um, there's a movie on Netflix called Lou, which stars Allison Janney, who is just an amazing actress. Like I love her. And yes. In this movie, she plays sort of like kind of like an off the grid woman living in a small town and she's got um a neighbor who has a little girl and the little girl goes missing during a storm and so it's like who is this Alice and Janie character really how does she have these skills that she has to help find this this young girl yeah it was great I thought Alice and Janie was awesome like she pulled off being like this badass mountain woman like she's just such a good actress like I believe it. I thought she looked amazing. Like, I thought she looked gorgeous being, like, no makeup, gray hair. Like, I just loved this movie. It It's kind of a little bit of a slow burn in some parts, but it, it'll keep you, it'll keep you on the edge of your seat. It's good. It's like, what's going on? How does the story all fit together? Like, Logan Marshall Green. It's good. Was a good was a good villain. 
Yeah. He did. He he's he's got. Um, how do I say it? It's not a deadpan, but he's got that. I don't know, dead eyes. Yeah. Look that yeah. he can have. Yeah. And he did a very good job with that. It it was a man. That was a good movie. Yeah. It it was something different. It's got a different vibe to it right off the bat. I like to pick kind of like random different stuff sometimes, and that was one of them for me. So yeah, all so, three of these movies were movies you picked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. we're working on with Steven, it's always got to be a trilogy or a quadology or some kind of something to where we can't talk about it for weeks because we got to watch all. But of we'll them. be talking about it on the next podcast yes, on what will. what yeah. I've been what I've been bringing to the table. So the next movie I picked, and I've been wanting to see it since it came out in 2020. Steven never wanted to see it because he absolutely hates Pete Davidson. But it's called King of Staten Island. And oh, and this we watched on what did we watch us on Peacock? It looks like it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's about, he plays a guy who basically, I feel like he's just playing some losery version of himself, but loser. he, you know, is an adult living at home with his mom. He really doesn't make much of his life. His dad died, um, fighting a fire years ago, which is very, you know, which is Pete Davidson's story. His dad passed away in a fire. He was a fireman in New York. He passed away in nine 11. Yeah. Um, so it's that story and it's just about him like and you know what happens when his mom meets somebody and his mom starts to move on with her life and his sister goes away to college and he's like left just kind of like this loser what is he doing with his life he is such a loser i cannot stand his character even when the movie got to the end i was like i the movie was good but Pete Davidson was not a likable character at all. No, it took a while to even like care about what happened to him. I didn't. I care just what wanted his to mom, him. played by Marissa Tomei, who's one of my favorite actresses of all time. Yeah. I just wanted her to kick his butt out. Oh, the one of the best parts in the movie was when he comes back home yeah. to see her, and you know he comes into the house and she's with a friend drinking wine and stuff, and she gets up and she's talking to him and walks him to the door. Real, just nonchalantly walks him to the door and then closes the door. She's like, let's talk outside and gets him on the porch and then just closes the door and walks away and starts <laughs> laughing. So I, I, mean, I liked it. You yes. overall said you did like the movie. I liked it because of, uh, because of Marissa Tomei. Yeah, the supporting cast. The supporting cast. Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr has a great part in the movie. And then Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, who volunteered during 9-11 as a firefighter, because he's been a firefighter in his life. He volunteered during 9-11 to help with all that kind of stuff. Like, he quit acting yeah. for months to do that kind of stuff to help with 9-11. He plays the captain of a fire department. And and it's the fire department where Pete Davidson's character's dad uh, worked when he passed away yeah. on the job. And there is a very, very, very cool part with Steve Buscemi talking about his dad yes and that so, was the best part of the movie i think once he starts getting into that firehouse that changes the tone of the movie and it it was good overall yep. i liked it i yep. like that kind of these to me are like sort of like coming alive like it always makes me think of garden state I loved the movie Garden State. It was that slow burn of somebody kind of like waking up from their dismal existence and realizing yeah. they need to do more for themselves and they need to be more. Yeah. And, but he was also still just a loser in this. Even God, even when that development happened, it was like, man, this guy's just a loser. Total but, loser. Total loser. But it was I, good. Yep. And then the last movie you got? Yes, the last movie is also a Netflix movie. It's called Happiness for Beginners. I guess you could say it's kind of like a rom-com, but it <laughs> stars Ellie Kemper, who everyone will know from the incredible um, Kimmy Schmidt and the office. office, and also Luke Grimes, who is just super cute. And <laughs> it's about this girl who goes through a divorce and she signs up for a wilderness survival like week. And so she goes and the Luke Grimes character is there as well. And it's just about like what happens and like personal growth and like stuff like that. It was surprisingly good. Like I, I didn't it. think that it was going to be bad. Like I didn't pick a movie that I thought was going to be bad, but I was like, mm, this is going to be like some kind of like cheesy rom-com thing. And it wasn't, it had a lot more depth to it. Like I was crying at the end, which isn't saying much, but. Um, shout out to Ben Cook for playing Beckett. That was my yeah. favorite character in the whole thing. Yeah, he's he was funny. he's the he's the hike 
um, I don't know what you would the call leader it. the leader of the, world of the survival like thing. Yeah. yeah, man, was he great! I he thought the had casting some was of the, good. He had some of the best lines. Just like, oh my gosh. And other than Ellie Kemper and like a small supporting role by Blythe Danner, I didn't really know anybody. Like I didn't know Luke Grimes really from anything. He's been in a bunch of stuff. If you look at his IMDb stuff I've seen, but I didn't really know him. Yeah. Um, but it it's a good movie. I say give it a try. Like and For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good movie. Very much enjoyed it. Uh I yeah. I, I, I was happy. I was happy this was a movie pick. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky Wright is a writer and director, or I'm sorry, Vicky White. Yeah. There's no R there. She's a writer and director. Talented. Very yeah. talented. Good stuff. Yeah, it was I, good. I, I very much enjoyed it. So I uh, liked it too. Yeah, I recommend that. Um, And then that is it, I think. As yeah. I say, I don't have anything else on my list, so yeah, if you're surprising I don't me with sorry, something. Sorry, I got myself distracted. No, um, it's all I, good. I do want to say... um. Again, we are in September, which yep. is Suicide Prevention Month. Yeah, Suicide Prevention Month. And uh, I want to read something from a, a, a one of the nonprofits that I follow to write love on her arms. They, I'm on their email letter, and they sent out something, and I, I wanted to read that. <clears throat> so I got this on September 9th, and this is about September 10th, which we are recording on. And it says, uh, suicide is an epidemic that is taking over 700,000 lives from us every year. We have to show up to remind people that their struggles do not make them a burden. Suicidal thoughts don't have to be battled in secret. This does not have to be the end. World Suicide Prevention Day is coming soon. It's September 10th. And it's time to put ag- ag- advocacy. I can never say advocacy. that word. Advocacy into action. So yeah. I realize that this podcast will release after September 10th, but uh, just you know, like I said last week, you know, if 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 you're having this these thoughts, talk to somebody. Yep. There are Jess. Jess is going to say uh, the the lifelines yep. and stuff we like are. that here in a second. But also, we have 9/11 coming up again, and in this country, it is our it is our generation's Pearl Harbor. It's something that we'll never forget. And I know that that brings back a lot of memories for people that is, you know, detrimental and, and can take you down a, a wrong path mentally. And I, I just want to say that um, with this podcast releasing on the 12th and you've you're you've made it past 9-11, I, I want to say that if you're still having thoughts and stuff, just tell them where they can make their calls yep, and texts. You can text 988. You can also go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You can also call them at 800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. Yeah. So, you know, everyone is needed. Everyone is loved. Everyone is wanted, and there is support for you. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid. If you know us, don't be afraid to reach out to us. Yeah, like and we'll post these again in our, yeah, in, in our posts. Yeah, in our posts. But we're here. Your friends are here. Your family is here. People care about you. You do matter. Like, yep. that is... That's not a cliche saying. Like that's legit truth. People yep. care about you. They're like your your story matters. Yes, it does. So Yep. You oh. can find us on Facebook. Oh, am it's... I doing the outro? No, sorry. I'll happily do no, the outro. Sorry, sorry, no, you're not doing it. You're fired. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, wherever you find your podcasts, like, listen, subscribe. If we can just say it, 918 at gmail.com, all that jazz, leave us a review, reach out to us. If you've got a movie you think we should watch, let us know. If you've got some in the news, something that you think is important to share or funny, even like a stupid like Florida man thing, like I'd, I'd enjoy one of those kind of things. So, yeah. Reach yeah. out to us. So should I now do the outro since you were pointing at me to do the outro? No, I thought it was time for you to say your thing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Testing. Like you start testing as I'm sipping my coffee. Well, of course. I got to get see if I hear that sound. Yep, there you go. Testing, testing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm choking. I'm choking. I'm choking. <coughs> That's got to be all your range you need.